Happy New Year. It is not often we get to be in church on New Year's Day in the morning, so welcome. It is good to be with you. Some folks, unfortunately, came even for the early service, which we did not somehow get all the word out to all the places it needed to be to say we were not doing it. So if you did that and came back for this, then you get even more points today. But welcome and blessings on this new year. It is also in the church the feast of the holy name, the holy name of Jesus, that is. The feast day that is eight days after Christmas, although it's part of the larger feast of Christmas, which means that it's eight days after the day of Jesus' birth, the traditional day for the bris, for the, the circumcision and naming of a Jewish boy. It's an event that gets one line in Luke's gospel. After eight days had passed, it was time to circumcise the child, and he was called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. But the holy name of Jesus, that gets a lot more than just that one line. We pray our prayers in Jesus' name, Sometimes, if we are truly audacious, we dare to speak in Jesus' name. We bow at the name of Jesus. Sometimes you might see people physically, literally doing that here in worship. This is a feast day that falls within the larger feast of Christmas, all of it a feast that reminds us that God is with us. And this year, with this falling on Sunday, we get a little chance to live in that question of what is in this name of Jesus? What's in a name? In many ways, we don't really think a whole lot in our culture about the importance of a name. We might think about what we're going to name our kids might be a family name, it might be something we know from a book, it might be something we made up. We sometimes comment on how a person's name suits them or doesn't suit them. Jewish custom chooses a name for a child beginning with the same letter as a deceased ancestor's name or more traditionally the full name of a deceased ancestor. Traditional African names often have stories behind them. A friend of mine who spent some time in Uganda told me of a child he met there whose name was Accident, <laughs> which knowing the story of my birth, I thought that would have been my name if I had been born there. And then there are cultures where your name is believed to reveal so much of who you really are that only your intimate circle can be trusted to know it because your name is secret. Giving someone your name gives them power over you, and you don't want potential enemies to have that. Now, in the stories in Scripture, naming also has deep significance. The name of a person is somehow always connected to their essence or describes something of their personality. And that's why there's often these stories in scripture where people have their names changed 
because some radical shift has happened to them and their vocation in the world. Abram becomes Abraham, Saul becomes Paul, and now we have that beautiful renaming ceremony in the Episcopal Church for when someone chooses a new name for themselves, like we did with Annie here a few months ago. Names have meaning. Names have power. And maybe especially so with the divine name. God tells Abraham in that first encounter with the burning bush that his name is I am, or the name that we sometimes pronounce Yahweh, a name that is actually in Hebrew written only in consonants, so should be unpronounceable, and the name is never spoken aloud by an observant Jew, but it's a name, I am, that reveals God. God is. God is everything that is. Without God, nothing has being. And for God's Son, the Messiah, the name chosen is given by the angels before he's even born. Jesus, Yeshua, a name that means God saves. That is Jesus' full identity. That reveals who he is, what he is all about, here to show us that God saves. Now, the name doesn't tell us how this happens, but when we look at Jesus' life in Scripture, we see how. It's revealed right from the very start in that precious Christmas story that we're still getting to dwell in at this season. Ordinary people, ordinary working people, shepherds, are the very first ones to get the news about Jesus' coming. And they find him not in some palace, an amazing place, not gloriously enthroned, but in the form of a little baby, vulnerable and small. And then at the end of his life, this Jesus gives up his life for the world, emptying himself, taking the form of a slave. And in between, we hear of a Jesus who welcomes all to the table, who calls the powerful to account, who heals the sick, who blesses children, this is who Jesus is. This is what he reveals about who God is. This is how God saves. God, say, God saves not by dropping down out of outer space to do some supernatural feats of power. God saves through weakness, through vulnerability, through gathering in the lost and caring for the unloved, God saves through loving us as one of us.
God saves by getting right in there, in the muck, with us. I am, says God. I am right here with you. And if we, as followers of Jesus, as Christians named for him, if we claim Jesus' name, God saves, if we pray in Jesus' name and ask God's blessing in Jesus' name, then it also implies something for us. If we bear his name, then we are supposed to live the way he did. Have the same mind in you that was in Christ Jesus, Paul writes. Do as Jesus did. Set yourself and your agenda aside. Stop worrying about your own pride and ego. Let God be the source of your strength and worth. Reach out in love to others. Get out of the way, in other words, and let God do God's work in you and in the world. It should be so simple. I don't know if any of you have made New Year's resolutions. Do you want to do a show of hands? We'll all look around and we can ask you next week how it's going, right? Usually our resolutions tend to be something about eating healthier, exercising, quitting bad habits, things that we should be doing all the time but for various reasons are not. So we take the new year as a time to restart again and do better. I might suggest one more. This is your, pers- your public service announcement. Come to church more regularly. It actually has been shown in studies to be good for your physical and mental health. It is good for your family and your relationships. It is good for your sense of happiness, purpose, and well-being. Really, going to church is good for you. The more regularly you attend, the better, so keep that in mind. Self-improvement projects can do us some good, of course, but they can also run the risk of putting our focus more thoroughly onto ourselves than they should be. We can do them for the wrong reasons. My doctor tells me I need to lose weight to be healthy, and if I do, I'll look so fabulous at the reunion that everybody will be jealous. I need to build up my confidence so I can tell so-and-so to get lost. I need to stop spending time trying to take care of those other people and just focus on me. I'll go to church. She says it's improving my self-esteem. These are the kinds of things you see on the covers of the magazines in the checkout line at this time of year. New year, new you, right? Another chance to put me first. And, yes, if you need to quit smoking, if you need to stop swearing, Julie's not here, so I'm going to say that, if you... (laughs) 
If you need to waste less time online, then by all means, use New Year's as an opportunity to start and come to church. But I encourage you this year to pray as you do so, to listen to God's desire for you, to pay attention less to what your brain is telling you and more to clearing the way in your heart for what God wants to make happen. It may not mean great power and success. It may not mean fitness and beauty in the way you think of it. God saves in humility and weakness. So you may need to allow a little humility and weakness in yourself to set aside the distractions, whatever they might be for you, long enough to feel your own need, to set aside the attempt to prove yourself at work, at home, at church, and hear instead God's love for you as you are right now to listen to the needs of somebody else and to care for them first instead of later, to get your stuff out of the way and let God do some work in you. Jesus' name means God saves. And every one of us Jesus people who try to follow Jesus bears that name as well, whether we keep it secret or we show it to the world. God saves. God saves me. God saves you. God saves you through me and me through you. No one of us is complete unto ourselves. No one of us is the Savior. But allowing God in us and through us to love, to put our egos to one side and acknowledge God's power, that is how salvation works. That is how we honor Jesus' name. Let the same resolution be in you that was in Christ Jesus, to love and to be consumed by love. Happy New Year. <laughs>